Hello, thank you for listening to IntelliCast. This is Season 3, Episode 16. Joining me today is Producer Brian. We're going to have to change your name, by the way. I know. Every, no one has <laughs> asked. I realize we haven't got a question on who is Producer Brian. Sometimes they think it is you. Well, you've been to a conference, and you've probably communicated to a lot of our listeners, and you've set up all the interviews, and um, you're more than a producer. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that's like a permanent name or what. I don't know. I It was because I didn't have a mic prior to this season, so I was just all behind the scenes. Right. Um, this episode brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can reach us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. And I have notes in front of me this week, so you know we could get all our sponsorship and ways to contact us out efficiently than last time when I was very confused, which was crazy. Um, you'd think I'd have this memorized. Um, follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research or IntelliCast1. Um, we have two Twitter handles, by the way. You can leave us a voicemail. You can text us. We would really appreciate that. We got a great text last week. Um, an awesome, one of our best texts we've ever received. Um, but you can reach us at 513-401-5463. Um, please rate us on whatever venue you're listening to us. Give us a couple stars and some feedback, however you like, any way you'd like. Um, we don't have a whole lot to talk about today. But sometimes when we say that, Brian, we um, end up talking for 45 minutes. So who knows how this is going to go? Yeah, I know. The last time we had three bullet points, we went for 40 minutes. Right. Um, one thing that isn't on the list of things to talk about is the Market Research Podcast Award. Um, is voting still open for that? It is. So it's open, I think, till the 14th. Oh, wow. So, okay. How are they going to – my question is how are they going to award this since – are they going to push it back until IIEX, which got rescheduled, or are oh, they just going to announce it virtually? This is really – I don't know if this is helping or hurting our ability to win because we're cranking out double the episodes that we used to, number one. I'm not sure about the quality, but our quantity is way up. Yeah, quantity is way up. (laughs) We're doubling the quantity, probably not doubling the quality, but um, I think the one, the the interview we did with Brand Trust was awesome, by the way. But um, yeah, I don't know know what they're going to do in terms of the award. I'm assuming they're wait till september we'll have to reach out to little bird marketing and priscilla to see what she's going to do i really wanted those gold headphones yeah i i that is i want to put it on our trophy case yeah lots of taunts after that too for to all the other podcasts um so iex was rescheduled as were some other conferences are you i don't even know how likely those are going to be at this point but um might be wishful thinking i don't maybe i'm just like doom and gloom today but I'm not I sure what's going to start in the fall. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it just really depends on how, like, let's say how April goes. Yeah. Because I've seen some stuff like, oh, this is going to pop back up in the fall. I'm like, man, 2020 is going to be a lost year. Yeah. Um, but there have been a lot of virtual conferences that have popped up, which is interesting. Like the next conference for Insights Association is going to be virtual only. And there's been a couple other Zappy Store has it a, um, a virtual conference they're po- partnering with Vox Pop Me. Um, so there's a lot of virtual stuff. There's a new one just yesterday that was announced that I, I signed up to hopefully present that. That's in a couple of weeks. Um, I think it's through the MRII, through the University of Georgia, and they're partnering with some people. I don't have the details offhand. But, yeah, there's a lot of virtual conferences popping up, which will be interesting to see how that goes, right? Right. And I think like the next one, that one has gone virtual because I think just because of timing, they knew they weren't going to be able to reschedule it with some of the other ones on the calendar that have been rescheduled. But I think it's also 
that's probably going to be the one that is the trial run for this virtual concept to see, hey, how did this turn out? Did we get an attendance rate? What are people willing to pay for this? Yeah. To see if you can do that to some of the others. Because I think that is going to be the litmus test for this kind of concept. Yep. And it also lends itself to more virtual, I think, because of the presenters. And it's kind of a smaller group of people. It's not like a big networking event. It's more of a content event. And so maybe those people that join or go to conferences because of the content will be more likely to do virtual, where like IEX and Quirks are so like social around the networking and all the events and a million people running around and so much fun, right? Um, I'm not sure how they'll be virtually. I I think it's going to be beneficial for some and detrimental to others where you mentioned quirks and IIEX where that networking, that sales aspect of it, um, the after parties and all of that are a big component of those conferences where maybe a next, a, and others that are smaller and more topic focused and thought leadership focused may benefit from that because they can get, they can pass a, off that salesy aspect of it and just focus on the content and the people who are there to learn. Yep. So I don't know. I was thinking we haven't even talked about this, but there should be like a sampling. Maybe we'll talk to the sample con people since we're on the board about maybe doing, trying to do like a half day sample because you know, a lot of what's going on right now is sample related, right? Um, right. We know response rates are up. Um, there's still tons of research going on. Um, Maybe we should talk to them about maybe trying to do a half day or a full day virtual sample con. Is that a, is that a, a maybe not a million dollar idea? Is that like a thousand dollar idea? I, I maybe a twenty five hundred dollar idea. Okay. All right, so maybe we'll reach out to Rachel Altman at, at SampleCon and see if we should do a virtual something this summer and throw together five six speakers. I'm sure there's always people itching to talk about sample. Um, right, but we could pull it off. I think so too. And especially right now, it seems to be a boom for our industry just on the online sample side, because we, you and I were talking about this just before we hit record that there is a, everyone seems to be putting out research around the pandemic that's going on. And all the panel companies are saying, Hey, our response rates are up. People are more engaged. Is it, is it just because that people are um, more around here now that, Hey, I got nothing else to do, but answer some surveys. Yeah. So we, we reached out to all of our partners just yesterday. And by the time you're listening to this, we'll probably be a blog up. If it's not up yet, it's up soon about response rates. And, you know, everybody knows response rates are up. We're trying to figure out specific groups of people where response rates are up. Is it new panelists? Is it millennials? Is it 18 to 24 year olds? Is it people on smartphones? Um, we did. We've we've heard that B two B responses are much higher, and I think that's because people are working from home. Um, we've we've heard about device usage on surveys is shifting a little bit, probably for the same reason. If people are working from home, maybe they're maybe more likely to do surveys on their work computer. I don't know. I'm theorizing at this point, but we'll have a blog out about it by the time you're listening to this. Yeah, it should be up next week, and we're recording this on a Friday morning. Yes. Um. You want to talk about um, news? What, what, what's next on the agenda, Brian? What do you want to talk about? 
Yeah. Um, I think it goes into a little bit of kind of that, to keep it in more market research, but also the COVID-19 stuff. I, I kind of want to talk about some of the interesting research we've come across that, yeah. that a variety of different companies, whether they're full service firms or panel companies have been putting out over the last, let's call it what, two and a half weeks or so. It seems yep. everyone is jumping on this and getting out their research on it. Um, I think the struggle may be a little bit of how do I, what messages, how do I differentiate my research from everybody else's? Yep. Completely agree. Um, yeah, let's just talk about it. Let's talk about some cool stuff we saw. Um, yeah. I think that the one that I really like the most, honestly, is from a local company called Directions Research. Um, I, really I was going to cool. bring that one up as well. Yeah. They're doing a tracking study. And um, first of all, the, the visualization of it is incredible. Um, it's really Anybody could be looking at this and understand what's going on. They have a ton of data. It looks really pretty on screen, but they're they're measuring kind of concern over COVID and they're tracking it by day and you see it kind of rise. That's in, you know not surprising, but it's interesting when you see the trend line. Um, they talk a little bit about adopting, how, how um, likely are people to adopt risk-reducing behaviors, um, about kind of just people's mood. And then, you know, they, you know, they talk about a lot of cool stuff like that. So that's, that's one that I really like. And they have tons of other resources. Um, you know, they talk about, they had some great verbatims. They talk about snacking, they talk about alcohol. So they, it goes really deep, actually. You could go to com slash COVID-19 and get tons of resources. That's the first one on top of my mind. Yeah, I like that one as well. Um, they had, and they seem to post things out on their Twitter, uh, which is at client is king. Um, about a variety, each day has a different focus on it. So it's not just giving a summary every day. It puts a little focus. Like one, a couple days ago was the online search habits of people. And it showed that like bidets were up like 400% in looking for that. But with everybody working from home, like e external monitors and new new mice for your computer was yep. a lot lower than that. So it, Someone we work with, Tony Brown, put up a interesting comment of, really, are we that bad of a TP shortage? Right. Yeah, I like the um, – I like that um, You know, they, they also t talk about travel and health and shopping, and they're trending all this stuff and really cool graphics. I'm impressed that they got this up so quickly. Um, so that, that's how we should be. We should be, as an industry, we should be agile in um, collecting – perceptions in people's views on hot topics like this. So kudos to them. Um, and, you know, they partner with Pure Spectrum on it. And so kudos to both of them for putting something together so quickly. Yeah. Um, what a different one I want to mention is from Pure Profile. They are, took a little bit of a different spin on it and did some tracking on how daily habits are changing because of what's going on. So it shows that, hey, percentages of people who have changed the way they wash their hands or working from home, um, as they've had to cancel dates, if they're checking on elderlies, uh, types of purchases they've made at the grocery store, and just changes from what had happened maybe a month ago to now. Yeah, Pure Profile, which is a you know a little bit different of a panel than than most. Yeah, they're putting out really cool stuff too. Um, so 
awesome job for them. And, it, and their stuff looks really good, too. It's like, I don't know why I'm really into, like, visualization, but I, that's really important for the, you know, the viewer, uh, the the consumer of the information. But, yeah, they're, you know, the infographics that they're putting out are really cool, too. Um, another one, I'm not sure how deep you've gotten into this one, is from Edelman. Um, they, again, took a different spin on it and did a – their focus is on trust in the coronavirus. So um, how people's opinions are of its health implications, but also who do they find – what like news sources are or sources of information do they find most trustworthy and which ones are less trustworthy and things like that. I think that one is a pretty, is it has a pretty cool spin on it as well. Oh, that's awesome. Um, by the one, the ones that I prefer, the ones that I don't have to sign up to, to get the information. Um, you know, like there's a couple that is behind, you know, you can appreciate this. I'm sure being in marketing that, you know, you don't get the content until you give us your name. Um, and use it as a sales lead generator, generator, but not all of them do that. Um, right. By the way, the a couple more that I really like, these are more of like industry ones. I really like what SMR has put out. And so if you go to smr.org slash COVID hyphen 19, they have a ton of resources. It's really unbelievable. You don't, and so, you know, I've, I've kind of been down on SMR in many ways over the years, but they have a whole section on industry insights, kind of like what we're talking about right now, but also a lot of partner resources. And so they talk, and it's not just marketing research as well. They, they have some Washington Post stuff. They, they link some Politico. They link some American Marketing Association. They link some um, sample providers and others. Um, there's also like um, all kinds of presentations and recordings of meetings on there. Um, just tons of resources on the SMR website. I really liked what they're doing. Yeah, they've done a good job. Um, tying If you combine that with all of the Insights Association's uh, virtual town halls they've been having every Friday, those have been pretty good as well, just from an industry perspective. The other one more from a online sample perspective is the information Lucid is making available. They're like their marketplace metrics that dashboard you can go on and essentially say, hey, this is the num you can see the completes that their overall network is doing over this period of time and things like that is I'm surprised that they've opened up the inner workings for people to look at for that. Yeah. That yeah, I, I read what they did this morning and you know, Lucid to their credit has always been really transparent with everything. So um I'm not surprised um at the them putting this out there like the they put a ton of information out there, like you, like you mentioned, including like productivity comparison, which I, like a work from home productivity comparison that was really interesting and unique. Um, but yeah, Lucid's doing a good job as well. Um, we should shout out to our own personal blog as well, since we're mentioning all of our partners and clients and um, even some competitors. But we put a blog out um, about response rates and um, best practices and how it impacts the data. Um, so that's in our blog section on our website. Yeah, and you have updated uh, that two times since we initially put it out. We're in version three, and I think version four will come out early next week. I um, mean, you kind of mentioned Insights Association. They're just they're just cranking out all kinds of content. I love what what uh, Melanie Courtright and Howard Feinberg are doing, and these town halls are just amazing. The one today um, has Mars Wrigley on it, and Di and Jackie Lorch from Dynata, and Ipsos, and some and um, some other people on it. And so that's that's almost like must. Um, one of my appointments 
on Fridays is um, watching the Insights Association webinar because they're just chock full of information. And so they're just doing an outstanding job. If you're not a member of Insights Association, you really should be um, because this is this is they're doing such an amazing job for our industry, advocating for us and giving us best practices and compiling information and doing town halls. And so I know I talk about it every week, but I, I, I'm going to keep talking about it as long as they do a great job. Right. I, I believe right now we are getting our money's worth with our membership. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, any others? I mean, Green Book is putting out some cool stuff. Um, New MR is putting out some good stuff. I saw um, Bain um, partner with Dynata on some stuff. Um, we're, you know, Research for Good is compiling a lot of this stuff. I think we're going we're gonna to start compiling a lot of the information out there. Um, Astra Target Market, Nielsen, Taluna, RI Rocket's got some cool stuff going on. Um, just about, I mean, everybody and everybody is putting out something, which is, I mean, that's, that's great. It's just almost like it's, it's, um, so much out there. Right. And it's more just trying to figure out, all right, what, what is the, what is the unique message that each of these have? So am I getting just the same thing over and over again? That is just my only concern with all of this. Like, is it just everyone asking the same questions? And from what we've seen, for the most part, it's not. I like that everyone's taking a little bit of a different perspective on this. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, and we've had the same challenges. I mean, we're partnering with one of our clients on some on some research. And, um, we're, you know, one of the questions is, is this going to be unique? Is this going to be something that people care about um, so we can kind of stand out and it's information that people would want to, to understand? Um, and our own research on research, which we're launching today, um, I wanted to put some questions in there, but I want to make sure they're, you know, no one else has asked them or they're beneficial to the community because we'll publish them. And um, so it's it's tough, I think, at this point, because everybody's thinking about this um, and putting out so much content. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I've noticed is you mentioned the productivity working from home. I a lot of pe- I've seen a lot of stuff on LinkedIn and things like that of oh here's tip best tips from working from home, yeah. but I've also seen a couple posts that actually put this into more perspective that yeah a large portion of people are working from home now, but also it's not your traditional work from home. It's yeah. hey I'm working from home, but my kids are also home and they're running around, so I'm all, not only am I trying to do my job from home in a different situation, you have all those challenges of working virtual, but also being the teacher and parent to people home 24 seven. Yep. And I'm starting to kind of embrace a little bit. I think it, what are we on week three? This is the end of week three of working from home. Yeah. End of week three. And I've now, I'm, I'm comfortable on camera every single meeting from now on. And I wasn't really comfortable at all three weeks ago, right? And I will – it doesn't matter. And I think that one good thing that's come out of this is it's become like a no-judging situation from working from home that every client call or internal meeting or partner discussion I've had, there's been a dog or a baby or a child or something going on or somebody, you know, they're not dressed like they normally are. I don't care. I think that's something that we should accept um, especially now, but hopefully this lasts much longer than – the current situation about just being accepting of what people are going through because oh yeah you have no idea what is going on in the person that you're talking to or you're looking at a zoom meeting at you have no idea if they've got four kids staring at them or dogs or what happened that morning or if they've got somebody sick in the next room and so 
that's one good, I don't know if it's positive, but I think that just an acceptance of human beings and empathy for what people are going through is something that I've kind of tried to embrace over the past few weeks. Yeah, so have I. Um, and what you don't know is about five minutes ago, my son walked in here as we were recording. So as you were talking, I'm trying to wave him out of our office. Yeah. And he just thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. So I'm texting yeah. my wife. I'm like, you need to come get him. Yeah, and that, but that's okay. Like, And I felt like the, the people that always work from home, I don't know. I felt like they were improperly judged in retrospect that – Oh, wow, there's a bird in the background. Oh, what are they doing? They get to work from home and there's a child. But you know what? Working from home has a lot of challenges. And in some ways, mentally, it's very tough because it's hard to get away from it, right? My laptop is just staring at me 24 hours a day. Um, and so I have such a great appreciation from people that work from home. And um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so last night, uh, my wife and I and my kids, we did a like a family Zoom call with her side of the family. So like right. my father-in-law, her aunts, her grandparents, all of that. And both my father-in-law and my wife's aunt have worked from home for the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. And they were commenting like, yeah, we've worked from home for the last decade. And only just in the last couple of weeks does everyone want a video chat. We right. didn't have to do this. Now I have to actually get dressed. Right. Before they're like, yeah, I, I always worked in sweats, but now I got to get dressed because now I'm on video conferences all day. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's a lot of grandparents and families getting together on Zoom. I love seeing those videos of of people doing this, and I think that's going to be a change to society, right? Uh, yeah. Kind of move forward. Uh, did you also hear the news that the top like clothing sales at Walmart and Target are up for tops? But like pants and shorts and stuff, it's way, way down because everyone's just buying waste up clothes to show on video. Yes. Um, yes, I've seen that. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention with you, uh, we've talked about this on pa- the past couple episodes, are industries that are taking off because of all of the quarantine type life. So we've mentioned like drive-in movie theaters and a couple others. Marble racing. Marble racing. Uh, one that I've noticed just in the last week or so, a lot more esports, but not your traditional esports that have been up because that's an over a billion dollar industry now of teams that do a bunch of different games and that. But I'm talking like virtual NASCAR that they're not doing NASCAR races anymore. They're having them virtual and having the drivers essentially play video games. And then ESPN announced that they're doing a NBA 2K tournament that they're going to air. And they've picked like 20 guys. They worked with the NBA players association to get 20 players. And they're just going to do like a round Robin tournament, like Kevin Durant and a few, and like several others are going to do this. Like this is something that you, if you heard this three, if you heard this a month ago, you'd be going, what is ESPN thinking? Right, right. Yeah, I think the that's really interesting that that's taking off. But yeah, the people, the sports enthusiasts like myself are just craving anything. Like I'm ready to bet on marble racing, right? I'm ready to like wager on it. 
Um, and so esports, I'm not into yet, but I think I will be. All this virtual stuff, I'm. I think I'm going to get into it if this goes on much longer. Absolutely. Um, I think as this goes on longer, though, that traditional esports piece is people are going to be watching this. You know, people are going to watch this NBA 2K tournament on ESPN. But yep. are you going to see some like traditional professional athletes? kind of cross over to this esports piece and kind of be stars in both or will we see that traditional esports teams take off a bit more that you're actually going to see them because once in a while espn might show something when they got to fill some programming time but will this start getting more primetime coverage yep absolutely um other stuff that i think is going to take off obviously online education like remote learning kind of stuff i'm not sure if the traditional college system is going to be relevant in a year, which is kind of crazy. I think we'll have a complete disruption of that. And I think online education and remote learning will really take off. Another thing would be um, like, well, gyms the will question change. around the question around the college would piece is going to be looking at them and saying, Hey, uh, do you actually have to pay this amount? Oh, that, exactly. That's the implication because if you're doing a Zoom meeting and we're we're having a, a huge test on Zoom meetings and, and remote learning right now. And so do you need to be on campus at Harvard paying sixty thousand dollars a year? And and how much is remote learning at Harvard, which is this I mean the, the education, higher learning education um has already struggled for years and this could be a very problematic for them in some ways, but an opportunity for others, right? Right. And then gyms, I think that gyms are going to be in trouble because I think that people are – the gym enthusiasts are figuring it out with like telehealth kind of stuff and home gyms. And they're, I think that that's going to be a problem for a lot of these big gyms. But maybe I'm wrong on that one. Uh, I don't know on that. I think you – there's all there was already some of the like videos. Like you – I have a bunch of workout on, DVDs. Right? But you had like – Peloton, you had Beachbody and a bunch of others that were already out there. I think you've seen an uptick. I don't, I think you might see a little downtick for gyms, but then once this is over, people are going to want to be able to get out of the house and going to the gym is one of those things. I actually saw, like, yeah. I had the TV on last night and they were just on the local news and they did a poll of, of these three things, what are you going to do first? And it was like, go to the gym, go to the restaurant, go to a restaurant or go to a movie. Like as soon as the quarantine's over, what are the, which one of these yeah. three things are you going to do first? And they were about equal. Right. Um, I hate to rush us, but I've got another meeting in six minutes, Brian. What should we do? Um, <laughs> want to give us the market research think, news? Yeah, let's cover a couple quick things. Okay. Um, starting off, uh, let's just give a quick shout out to friend of the podcast, Andrew McKinney. He has started a new role at SurveyMonkey. So congratulations to him. Yeah, big, big um, fan of Andrew. I wanted to mention him because like when he announced this new role, I've never seen so many people comment on it. He just knows everybody. And I think that's a good move for him um, going there. So good for him. Yeah. Uh, next piece is Pure Spectrum has appointed Ariane Larimer as vice president of client development. It looks like she came back from a short stint at Vox Pop Me. Yes, I talked to her when she was a Vox Pop Me. She's a former Lucid person. I know her really well. She's uh, very smart. Um, I guess they're building up a New Orleans office. I think she lives in New Orleans. So uh, Pure Spectrum 
um, doubling their office space in New Orleans, which is fascinating to me. But I'm a big fan of Ariane, and um, good for them. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, next piece is WPP has introduced a cost savings plan uh, that included freezing any new hires, uh, stopping discretionary costs, and postponing salary increases and decreasing executive salaries by 20%, all in an effort to save roughly two billion pounds over the next year or so. Yep. And what are I your think, thoughts on that? I, th- I think it's very interesting. And this kind of was in the works, obviously, before, mostly before the coronavirus problems, right? And so I think that this is going to be another step, and this is a conspiracy theory, um, that Sir Martin Sorrell is going to end up buying them back and running the company. Um, so that's a theory, a working theory that I've had for ever since, I guess it's been about two years now, um, since he moved to S4. But um, interesting. Good for good for WPP and getting ahead of it a little bit. Yeah. Um, final piece of news here is SMR has called on national government and business leaders who commission research to regard data as an essential source in understanding citizens during COVID-19. So they've put out, really put this out. So I think this is really great. Yeah, they put out a PDF. If you, um, if you'd like to read it, it's, it's easy to find. Maybe we'll put it in the, in the notes, but they're very adamant about um, continuing to do research and um, all kinds of things. And they're, they're, they're come out pretty strong with this. And so the, they're really pushing insights, and it's kind of necessary as an industry to continue to maintain current levels um, despite what we're going through. And so good for SMR taking a strong stance on this. But it's a, it's a pretty good, I guess, a PDF, I guess, is what you'd call it. Yeah. Um, with that, that's all our market research news. I think we only had one other thing we were going to cover, and this is more of our current events, is you and I are both sports fans, and we've heard – uh, some potential rumblings of how both either the NHL or NBA might be able to do some playoffs this year. Oh, when I heard this a couple of days ago, I got so excited. Um, I'm hoping this happens. I still think it's not super likely, but to kind of summarize it, the NBA has been discussing maybe holding a tr- the playoffs in one single location where they can kind of contain the players um, with all the, you know, like, up to 16 teams. I think hockey's 16 teams in the playoffs as well. You do it in one location. They're talking about Las Vegas, maybe Atlantic City, Bahamas, Louisville, Kentucky is one of the options. Um, Louisville is because it's um, the, the arena is right next to a bunch of hotels and it's kind of insulated, right? It's not like a big tourist location. If they held this in Las Vegas, imagine the people that would drive to Las Vegas to try to see LeBron James, right? Um, I think in Louisville, that's the case. I'm hoping this happens. Um, I think it's about a 25% chance that it actually happens. But, man, I'm salivating for stuff. And if they did this, I would watch every single game. I'd watch hockey because I'm assuming hockey is some, considering something similar, right? Yeah, I think what they're considering is a potentially like four cities in that they'd all they'd be close together and have that kind of tournament that way. I've also seen stuff where they're going to have a two-week essentially training camp and then limit – try to finish the regular season and into a shortened playoffs to even just saying, you know what season's over, we're going right to playoffs, but it all depends on how quickly this can get done because they're also looking at the 2021, 2020, 2021 season 
and they've already stated we do not want to shorten that at all. We will essentially right. cut the 2020 stuff to make sure we have a full season for 2021. Yep, I think you. I would like to see just radical changes. You give them a week to practice. You throw them all in one city, and you just let everybody in the playoffs. And you just have this lengthy playoff, no more regular season, and you let every team in, and you you try to create some advantages for the better team somehow. Um, I don't know what that is, but they could figure that out, I think. But you know, ratings would just be giant if if NBA or NHL figured something out. Yeah. What if you did it like a like how the NCAA does March Madness, and you just put everyone in and just do that like winner take all one game, which doesn't play well for how the playoffs normally and how you've built teams that are like, Hey, I can, I've built my team to beat any other team in a seven game series or a five game series. But now it's a, cause any team can win any particular night. If you did that, that could be, that could lead to some mayhem and I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, the problem with that, uh, well, would be that if it's one game elimination with 32 teams, there's only 31 games where if there's, you know, the, lengthy playoffs but then also with the lengthy normal somewhat normal playoffs in one city are you just going to quarantine the entire the best nba to the los angeles lakers to louisville kentucky for six weeks that doesn't seem reasonable so maybe they that might be a reasonable solution as you do do a single elimination tournament just to get something done and it's safer for everybody that, yeah that might- you could risk you could run it the same way the ncaa runs march madness you start you go games all right Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday, something to that effect, or even just during the week, during prime time, like, hey, it's Monday, Wednesday, or Monday, Thursday, Tuesday, Saturday, something. So you get breaks in between for practice times, and it's four days a week, and just go. And then it's just prime time. You could have two or three games each night. Yep. Well, I got to go. I have a meeting in one minute. So um, thanks everybody for listening. Um, look for our blog coming out this week and contact us via email, text, and telecast at emi-rs.com, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, everybody. All right. All right. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.